and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between. He's your favorite Mexican-American Gemini from South Texas. It's Chibi. And she's the lipstick-loving Salvadorican from Brooklyn, New York. It's Rocky. And this is Words and Shit. The show where you get to know the person behind the poetry. Brought to you by Right Art Out. Oh, Rocky. How are you? <laughs> My heart is racing right now. We would y'all, y'all, y'all don't know. We were having some technical glitches behind the scenes, and then uh, I forgot to change a name. Some, you know what? It's all behind us. We're here. Yeah, I know. I was like, I don't know how. I thought we were gonna just like breeze past and be like, whatever, you know? Like, well, you know what? It's okay. We have to own up to our mistakes, and we learn from them, right? Mm-hmm. Is- and I'm and I'm just happy to be here. You know, today like brought me so much joy. Like, I don't know where it was where you were, but like, it was perfect. It was like 69 degrees, a little breezy, sunny. Like, I was just so inspired by the day. So I'm happy for the day and happy to be here with you. Oh, man, I'm the same, too. I'm just like, whoo, this is why I miss. So I miss being in Texas just because of this beautiful sun. I'm really getting my vitamin D. Like, please, 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 sun, like, don't go away (laughs) when I go back to Brooklyn. But it's all right. (laughs) It's all good. It's all good. We're here now, though. We are here now. (laughs) We are here right now. And um, I'm so excited, right? I'm so excited for this show, episode two of season two. Right. And we're going to be talking a lot about identities. Mm. You know, I know. I love to talk about identities. I feel like identities is what I've written for all my academic papers. I nonstop talking about it, social justice issues and everything. And so, you know, I really think about <laughs> even like in our times, we keep living these historical events and like really what it means to be like a U.S. American. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, especially being with different ethnicities and having, you know, multiple nationalities. So I was just wondering, like, you know, how do you how do you like identify and how how do you navigate those? Right. Right. This idea of like living in the hyphen. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'll, over time I've come to appreciate the fact that I can identify as a South Texan. Because I feel like South Texas has this beautiful just like conglomeration of all so many different identities, you know, mm-hmm. um, that you just get to experience all of them. And that's what brings me joy in that identity is this mix of Mexican and American and 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 everything else that's down here, you know. So that's that's where I find the joy in that mix. What about you? Because I know you are both uh, Salv- Salvadorian, Puerto Rican, living in yeah. Jersey, New York, Texas. Like, where, where's where's your intersection oh and joy? God, I feel like it's just a huge. It's it's just a lot. I feel like throughout my life, I've still been negotiating it. And I mean, like, your identity is always constantly changing, right? So for me, I think um, I really, really embody like neither aquí ni allá, really, right? Not from mm-hmm. here, not from there. Um, I've spent half of my life up in the north and east coast and half of my life in the south um and i feel like those are all my identities plus being what it is like u.s american being salvadorian puerto rican right Mm. it's a constant thing but i think the greatest joy for me is actually naming my identities and naming myself constantly over and over again right Mm. and then reclaiming that power of who i am and how i identify in this world Right. I love that. And for everybody watching at home, like, let us know in the comments, you know, like, how do you, how do you find joy in your in your hyphen, right, or in your identity? I'd love to hear it. Uh, because our guest today mm-hmm. is is very prolific about that. Uh, living in like, kind of like you said, neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. Um, and his name literally means the joy that fills this house, you know? So, so excited to jump into this conversation and to talk more about maybe the intersections of identities and and joy and all of that. Our guest today is Ayokun Lefanlomo. He is a Nigerian American and TEDx speaker and the author of African, American that was published by the New Delta Review in 2019. It actually won the chapbook competition last year. 
He also has two self-published collections, Kindred, published in 2017, and Thread, This Word Weaver Must from 2014. His work has been featured in print and online numerous times, including in the New York Times, the Houston Chronicle, Houston Public Media, Right About Now, Michigan Quarterly Review, Glass Mountain, Berkeley Poetry Review, Santa Fe Raiders Project, and the Texas Review, a recipient of the fellowship from Vermont Studio Center, and McDowell, his poems have been selected as finalists or winners for 14 Hills Press, Stacy Doors, Memorial Award and so much more. He is currently uh, uh, accolades upon yeah. accolades. So exciting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he is currently an MFA poetry student at the University of Michigan's Helen Zell Writers Program. But today he is coming to us from Houston, Texas. Y'all, please help me welcome Ayokunle Falomo. Ayo. Yay! <laughs> okay, all right, here I am. I'm like, you are here, sir. You are here, and we are live. I'm, like, I'm here. I just can't see myself. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Well, we see you, and um, <laughs> Chippy is just like, <laughs> what is going on? What is going on? Well, it, it is blowing up in the comment section right now. People are excited to have you. Poet, yes, IO, IO, a lot of IO. <laughs> they're, they're loving you. I love it. I love it. I guess we can just like go into it. Um, yeah, I, this is my, at least my first time interacting with you. And I've always, you know, I feel like with poets, especially when we get to know your poetry, we get to know you so intimately. So I already right. consider you as a friend, right? So I always ask my friends when, you know, when the day starts, like, how's your heart today? So let's start with there. How's your heart today? Uh, my heart is actually really good. It was like, it's, it was a really good day. Uh, so I would say my heart is really good. I would say my heart is probably like sunny. Uh, the sun was out today, and yeah. I spent time in the park for a little while. So yeah, my heart, my heart mm -hmm. is. Yeah. I love that, and it's it's such it's these beautiful days like today, these little Texas winters that we have to cherish days right. like today, especially given everything and how much we have to like stay at home. Just this yeah. idea of being able to be outside and be comfortable outside, mm -hmm. uh, so much joy today. Yeah, it was it was really nice actually. Yeah. Oh, but I love that. I love that. All right. So now as we thank you for sharing where your heart is. Um, so let's go into getting to know you even more, right? So this is our segment. We do like a little speed dating. Okay. <laughs> we have questions prepared for you. Um, Chibi and I will alternate back and forth and you can just let us know. Let the audience know who is Io. Ready? Let's All do right. it. Okay. First question. How would your favorite person describe your po poetry? Ish. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that a loaded question? <laughs> well, I mean, because now I have to pick my favorite person. <laughs> Duh, ah! it's, it's easy. Uh, my mom. Um, my mom would probably describe my poetry as, that's so wild. I actually have never asked her before. Um, how she would describe my poetry. Hmm. Huh, this is a good question. Uh, I think she would describe my my poetry probably the same way she would describe me, mm -hmm. uh, which is probably just like honest mm -hmm. um, and caring. Uh, yeah, like honest and straightforward is probably is probably like what what I can think of. Mm, I love that. Yeah, and and reading your work that that definitely stands out. It's very honest and and straightforward and and very caring too. You're very you're very careful about the subjects that you write and how you write about it. So can okay. I do a little anecdote? Like, because I actually literally had a conversation with her. I think yesterday. Um, I, I was like just like asking her, like, how how was I as a child? Like, there was something in particular that I was like asking about. And she was like, and then she told this story about one time that we had gone. Uh, she said, yeah, you're, you always kind of, 
people would know where you stand. Mm. <laughs> Even as a child, like you, you were very vocal about about how you were uh, with things. And then she uh, she made this. Uh, she told me this story uh, about her taking me to go visit uh, an aunt of hers, like outside mm-hmm. of town. And then we were supposed to come back home like that night, but then because like they couldn't find, well, we couldn't find like transportation to bring us back. So mm-hmm. my aunt was like, why not just stay till the next morning? Mm-hmm. And so we stayed, but then when it was like 10 p.m. And mind you, I was like maybe two years old at this point. Uh, when it was like 10 p.m., I was like, let's go home. It's time to go home. <laughs> <laughs> And I would like pull her and just be like, yeah, we're going home. We're going home. <laughs> You're like, I'm done. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> and he was like, uh, and I was like, no, 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 we're going home. Up to the point where like the neighborhood watch had to like come knock at the door. Like, why is why is a child getting <laughs> a night? Uh, so yeah, I feel like that kind of describes my poetry in a way. I love that. We we have some comments coming through saying your work is authentic. I was amazing. His poetry is music. So people love you. All right, next question then. What is your most overused word? Ooh, that's good. Uh, in poems or just in general? Yeah, however you want to answer it. Uh, I think I probably use uh, two a lot. <laughs> in poetry, in poems, I use two. Two and still. Um, mm. And then in regular life, I think I use interesting a lot. Mm. Um, that's interesting. I know, I really wanted to say that. <laughs> Uh, and by interesting, I don't actually mean it's interesting. So Lois tells me this all the time. Uh, she says, Ayo, you could just say it's bad. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? It's like when you're critiquing like somebody's works, it's like you made like, some interesting choices. <laughs> I'm like, no, you could just say bad. You can use <laughs> the word bad. It's like, She's like you can be honest, right? <laughs> I'm like, but it's interesting. I mean, it's interesting, you know. Uh, I was like, to someone, that. Yeah, I, I love like the facial expressions too. Like, it's, it's interesting. You have to make that face. It's uh, it's interesting. <laughs> all right, all right. So the next question is, what's your favorite dish? Ooh, mm-hmm. I think anything rice. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I love mm. rice a lot. I love my mom's uh, j- like jollof rice. She cooks jollof rice. She cooks uh, fried rice. So yeah, mm. anything. I, I love. I just made today some four meat fried rice, and it was Ooh. amazing. Uh, so <laughs> I'm with you on that one. <laughs> what are the four meat in there? It was uh, bacon, pork chops, shrimp, and chicken tenderloins. That's like a whole feast. Bam! It is. <laughs> I made so much. I had to send some away to my to uh, my cousin. I was like, to, I, "I we're not going to eat this in three weeks. Get out of here!" <laughs> wow, y'all have like fancy like dishes of rice. I just have like rice and beans. That's it. And it's really <laughs> yeah, I don't eat anything with rice. Trust me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we all know in the south, rice and beans is a delicacy. Okay. All right. All right. Last question. Last question. What is your favorite literary device? Oh, <laughs> oh, that's a wow! I have to choose. <laughs> I would never force you to choose. I'm a Gemini, so I would wow. never force anyone to pick just one if you can't. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> um. Ah, dang it. Uh, probably apostrophe, actually. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, oh. probably apostrophe. Uh, yeah. Uh, partly because I I feel like I need to learn how not to do it. <laughs> but, like, I like I just, I talk to, like, there, even if it is just me, like, I just, ad- there's somebody being addressed. There's mm-hmm. something addressed in my poems um i just i don't know like i yeah so apostrophe yeah 
I like that. That yeah. was unexpected and interesting. Yeah. I did not expect that at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, that was just a little a little teaser uh, to get to know IO quickly uh, at the beginning. Uh, the comment section is already blowing up, so I don't think I need to tell you, audience, but like use the comment section. We're watching. If you got a question for IO, uh, drop it in the comment section. We'll get to it. Um, Paolo wants to know about what about Italian risotto, though? I have never tried it. Um, <gasps> I was actually looking not too long ago. Um, about like making uh, like a mushroom risotto kind of thing, mm -hmm. uh, but because I love mushroom, mm -hmm. I do like have mushroom in the fridge. I was like, well, I wonder if you could. Uh, you can. Risotto is delicious. You just can't step away at all. Yeah. You just constantly have to be okay. on it. So. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think I have that kind of patience because I looked up the recipe and I was like, this kind of sounds too much. Like, yeah, to do with it rice. It's a lot. It's wet. It's basically wet rice. <laughs> I was like, is it rice? But you know, I guess <laughs> it's a rice. It's really wet rice. I'm just like, yeah, I, I don't know if I have the energy for this. That's hysterical. <laughs> well, we may talk more about food in a little bit, but right now, let's get into the poetry. So, uh, again, audience, use the comment section. Without further ado, we're gonna we're gonna disappear and I owe the floor is yours. Please grace us with some poetry. Awesome. Uh, I'll set my timer uh, for 15 minutes so that I can, uh, I don't lose track of time. Okay, I'll start with a poem uh, that actually ends the, uh, the chapbook, uh, African American, uh, but it is an introduction of sorts. So uh, let's, let's start there. I didn't know to dig, it's called undiaspora. I didn't know to dig deep into my own history until I heard Ariana, Lois, and Wendy talk about how deep the colonizers dug their hands into our soils. And so I burrow and burrow my way through the dirt and find myself at a workshop where I then throw up all the soil in my, my not fertile enough to grow anything, but I digress. We're all sharing our experiences now. We take turns speaking of the language of the diaspora that is the common thread in the fabric of what displaces us. Sometimes this is by choice, oftentimes not. Either way, we tear through the seams. To be a child of the diaspora is to speak in dreams deferred and hopes shattered. It is to be stripped, skin and all. It's bearing bones and being made to watch the pulverizing. We speak in crushed and groans and blood and calloused hands. We are sons and daughters of our fathers, the rough of their palms a map. It's us turning when I was your age and remember whens into lullabies we all know the words too. It's a hymnal we sing with conviction, even when hope is a sinking ship. The sweat on our parents' faces a mighty river. We stay afloat somehow. It is the belief that one day these hands will take the harvest back home to our fathers and mothers. It's harvest always on the horizon, but no hands enough for the gathering. It's some dying on the fields, never to know the return back to something that once was. To be African in America is to be fish out of water. It is to remember everything the water wishes to drown. It is to utter yourself onto dry land, but that is never as sturdy enough as you, as you imagine it would be. There's always something in the water that knows you by name, reaches out and begs your feet to dance your way back home. And you shuffle and shuffle and put one left foot in front of the other. You want to dance it right, but home is a song your feet have forgotten the steps to. The workshop ends. I leave for the city I now call home. I hand the man at the airport my passport and he greets me in a language that is mine, wishes me well. And I thank him. I say, forgive my memory. It is possible this was from a different trip, 
I'm thinking maybe it is the one I took with my brother to Jonesboro, Arkansas. Long ways from Houston, I know. Blame me for telling him to spread his wings and not let distance limit him. It's not easy to find a school that offers a master's degree in agricultural economics, trust me. I know because I helped him with the search. Either way, this is how to understand kinship. Through the way a stranger lets each letter of your name dance on their tongue. Honey seeping through teeth held in place by shade of gum similar to yours. Face plastered with the same smile you imagine adorned your mother's upon your arrival. Have I told you my name and how it is a joy that fills an entire house? Forgive my memory. I have, even then, considered this an introduction. Uh, the next poem I'm going to read is called Full Mouth, Open Mouth. It is 2007. I walk into a country that is not mine with a full mouth. My foreign drips down my chin from its overflow. It is 2017 and my mouth is still full. I did not trade my teeth for a good meal. By that, I mean that even when I was in this new country, hungry for a validation sizzling as the miracle that could only have been wrought by a mother's hands, I have walked away from the table. I mean that I know who I am enough to die hungry than be fed an identity or a name that isn't solely mine. I am a hybrid of sorts, still learning and unlearning what it is that I am. I mean that I am in awe of how holy it is to exist in the imperfect way that I do. It is 2007. I walk into a park, into a circle of boys the same age as I am. They are about to start a game of what they call soccer. I call it football. I say, my name is my name. He says, who? I say, my name. He says, yo-yo. I say, my name. He says, yo, man, can I just call you A? I say, no. No, you may not. No, you may not. B, becoming is an unraveling. There is a gift to reward the work it takes to be. Whatever creature you shape shift into, you gloriously imperfect hybrid be. Being called out of your name into a name that isn't even a name is a different kind of unraveling. I know it's cold outside, but be bold enough to let your brittle bones bear the burden of a body that knows what it means to survive. Wrap yourself in that coat, see. See how easy it is for a person to be an accessory in another's mouth. It is 2010. I walk into a college campus. A friend walks beside me, asks, by the way, how did your English get so good? You've only been in America about three years, right? And I tell him English is actually my country's official language for 13 years. The education I received in my own country penalized me for allowing my mouth to be an open and welcome floor for my mother's tongue to dance on. So yeah, here on this table, I have prepared for myself a full course meal of myself and all that I am and still trying to be, bones and all. My mouth is still full, but I have never stopped being hungry. And wouldn't it be a shame if I swallowed all my teeth and let myself starve? Uh, the next poem I'm going to read is called, uh, So, How Does It Feel to Be a Citizen or the day America asked me about my mother and I said, who? 
I do not know that woman. To be a naturalized American citizen is to feast on the fattest part of the cow. It isn't the whole cow, but your plate is licked clean. You leave no bones on the plate. You chew until there is no memory left of what it was you were before this. And you, because of this, call your mouth a traitor? I swear, I did not know I would have to swear off loyalty to my mother's land. Tiny flag in hand and a chest full of questions. I looked through my father's face like I remember doing my mother's purse for something that wasn't, but that I could claim as mine. For an answer I could not find. Only his shoulders spoke in what I could translate as a surrender to fate. And the entire room of aliens at the oath ceremony sings the anthem loud and proudly. I supposed to prove their are American. And my mouth, even now, four years later, cannot find the words. No. Wait. I think I got it now. Erasure. Oh, say can you see the red glare of home. This one is called uh, Alien Registration, or the DS-230 is an animal with two parts. Part one, biographic data. Instructions, form, complete, form, copy, yourself, complete, yourself, form, yourself, mark, Yourself, insufficient, answer, yourself, form, question, yourself, separate, attach, yourself, complete, form, complete, warning, fact, false, result, exclusion, false, exclusion, fact, Result, fact, result, false, conceal, fact, statement, permanent, false. One way to identify a human is by their, her, his, name, and an alien by its number. Mine, 2007AF0001-0225. And I suppose since everything must have a name or a number, let's give the form a name, let's call it an animal. And if it is, and it is, and is too capable of shape-shifting, then I suppose I must make myself all teeth and find what part of the animal I can easily sink myself into. Maybe the neck, yes, the neck, yes, the ink on the page is black, but somehow I see red. The red is my father's blood. This river that still runs through his veins ran out of his page, uh, ran out of his pen onto the page. And I know one day this river of his will run out and dry up but I know his mouth has already thrown up pebbles and left them for me to find on the riverbed. The animal is all mouth, its throat full of so many pebbles. And so then I suppose my hands must be useful for something, if only this once. And so I will open the throat of the animal, strip it of its hide, branded with a 2007, and pick out the pebbles one by one. I'll lay them out in no order that is particular. One, 1995, 7, 7, 0, 8, 2, 11, 1993, 04, 15, 07, 25, 3, 4, 5, 1, 4, 15, 16, 12, 12, 
12, 13, 30, 17, 18, 06, 30, 19, 67, 10, 3, 4, 5, 19, 20, 21, A, 22, B, 22, 23, 09, 2, 3, 09, 12, 4, 5, 15, 1, 9, 0, 4, 19, 52, 30, 3, 4, 5, 2001, 09, 06, 2001, 24, 25, 16, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 3, 8, 6, 3, 8, 0, 3, part 2. Sworn statement. And if I should defy instructions and the warning and stop here and not complete form, no. It will remind me IDS 230 part two together with part one constitutes the complete alien. And so then can I claim human? No, or I am still alien. Right, I have uh, one more poem. I'll make this one a very short one. Um, uh, this one is called Lord Teach My Throat. Lord, teach my throat to be a whale. I know my voice is Jonah. It too is bent on doing its own will most days, but oh Lord, teach my throat to swallow my voice whole. Let there be, oh Lord, not even a sequestrum or even the tiniest piece of my lung, of my tongue left to speak of the years of silence that ran like rivers through two continents and how on the phone, mother asks, how are you? I say, Fine. I ask, how are you? She says, fine. She says, I hope it is not too cold over there and you're staying warm. I say, yes. I ask, how are things in Nigeria? I say, she says, we thank God. She says, it still is out. It was like when left with you or that then. And the crowd goes, why? Oh, my. Wow. Oh, wow. I mean. Wow. <laughs> chills. Just chills. I think I was like snapping. I was like, oof. I'm, I don't like, I'm writing down like notes. Like nothing. <laughs> All your words are just like mind blowing. <laughs> I know. I was watching you, uh, Kel, and you were like. I <gasps> am. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much to unpack in your-, your Hi, Gloria, by the way, my sister just like uh, did a plus. Hi, Gloria. Oh, yeah. <laughs> your work is, there's a wow. density to it, you know? So mm -hmm. there's just so much to unpack there. And I think before we get to the poetry, I wanna, I wanna um, ask about uh, something not poetry related because you do write a lot about uh, being an immigrant and the immigration process mm -hmm. right. and becoming a citizen. You know, you came here, from Nigeria when you were what, like 17, right? Okay. Um, and it was like five years later that you became a citizen, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I'm an immigrant. I, Raquel, I feel like you are a child of immigrants. I am a child of immigrants. You know, and so it often seems to me that the people that have to work for American citizenship mm -hmm. uh, cherish it a lot more than those that are just granted it by birth. So I'm curious for you, what does it mean to you, given everything that's going on right now, to be a U.S. citizen? And has that changed for you since you first got it back in 2013? Uh, it's always been weird to me. It still is. Uh, it probably gets a lot more weirder as I as I grow up. Uh, I was uh, I would say I was for the most part ambivalent <laughs> when I became a citizen. Uh, and I, I, I probably, I've started in the past maybe week or so. Uh, I, I did not mean to, but like looking at the way the, the country is like looking, I probably mm -hmm. like, 
started uh, a few trouble on Facebook. Uh, because I, I'm just like expressing how I feel about this country or about any country, to, you know, just to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I felt very ambivalent when I became a citizen. Um, like, I don't I don't get it. I don't I don't understand. I don't understand how anybody can be American by choice. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think like it was funny because um, yeah. Facebook friended me and like that was one of the first conversations you're like, wow, people are really about being like American. It's, I, it <laughs> it baffles me. And I, I don't mean to like be on a, a moral higher ground when I say that, but it, it genuinely baffles me uh, that people actually love, love, love countries, like their countries. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And this like disillusionment, right, of this like land that has been stolen, this land that's been made by immigrants, yeah. by like slaves, like, people of color, about black people, right? And it's just this whiteness that's like holding on to it. So yeah. it is a very disillusionment of being a United, you know, U.S. citizen. Yeah, it's kind of like what they what they say about like what, what do they call them buffet Christians? Uh, that just it's it's it's. <laughs> Christians that believe in Christianity, but only the parts that they want to believe, right? So it's like a buffet. You just take what you want and you ignore everything. And discard the rest. Ah, I see. Yeah. So buffet patriotism, you know. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> I may have just coined a phrase right now. No, Trade that right is now. good to me. That is good. Yeah. No, I, I really, so yeah. I know that we're, you know, still talking about Citizens, but I really love the idea, and especially you brought this up in your first poem, this idea of a child of a diaspora, right? I feel like that's reflected in all your poems. Um, um, and I just wanna talk about, yeah, really what does it mean to be a child of the diaspora, you know? Or for those who don't know what a diaspora is, you know, can you talk about what a diaspora means to you? Well, I, th- I think for me is, you know, it, this might sound probably like, you know, <laughs> Uh, but I, I think, you know, when people talk about like world citizenship, like, oh, I'm a citizen of the world. Um, I think being being in diaspora kind of like informs you to like be a citizen of the world. So, you know, you understand that whatever is like happening in Nigeria, in Beirut, in Mexico, like affects you somehow, right? Uh, and you're not just, I think this is probably particularly something that's like very American centric to believe that America is kind of like the, the center of the world. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, we are kind of like alone in our bubbles and all of that and anything else that's like happening around the world doesn't impact us or we're not affected by it. Uh, and I think that's just like not true. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. in every sense of the word, um, I think being a child or like being a citizen of the diaspora, number one, makes you realize, oh, I don't have any ties to like, like to this concept of like country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can be a citizen uh, of the world because other people's experiences are connected to, to, to you uh, in, a, in a way that's like meaningful and that can allow you to then make the changes that need to be made. Um, so you're not just like isolated. Uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of what I'm saying. So mm. yeah. no, uh, literally, you can't be isolated because even the word diaspora, right? Spora means seed. Yeah, so- it's not it's not a place, right? It's not mm-hmm. it's not a fixed thing, right? We say dia- like diaspora. It's not a it's not a thing. It's it's ineffable, right? It's you know. Uh, and that's that's what I want to be. At least I, 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 I yeah, I don't want to be fixed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you definitely that definitely comes across in your work, and you you explore this idea of being from everywhere and nowhere so so well. Um, like even just looking at the the titles of your 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 books, you know, African American and Kindred. Uh, if you see the title laid out, it's African comma American, right, and kin period dread. So both of those just kind of like allude to this idea of, of fractures, you know, or, or a division Mm -hmm. of self. So how do you approach that? And how has that exploration of a fractured identity kind of shaped the way you see things? Uh, Well, 
Thank you, by the way. I just want to say, like, thank you for like that observation. Like, it makes me happy uh, to be like, yeah, that like the stuff that I'm doing like makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for writing it. I was gonna say, I was like, I'm, I have notes. I have notes. Uh, and of course, like, it's not you know, like, it's not intentional in the sense of like, oh, I sat down and I was like, mm, I'm gonna make right, but everything kind of like just like ultimately connects. And I think if you're like speaking from a place of fracture, like, like it just like you can't, you can't, you can't write from a place of non-fracture. You can't write fractured from a place of non-fractured, right? Mm. Fracture. Um, it's always kind of gonna be there. Um, and I think because I'm always kind of trying to make sense of, especially because you know I came here at 17. And so, of course, I was a different person at 17 than I am now, right? <laughs> and also, just like graduated high school, you know, at 17. Uh, and I came here <laughs> to the United States. Like, that's like, what? Uh, I have to like, I'm still like in the process of becoming who I'm, I was becoming then, right? Mm -hmm. And then you move me, right? Mm -hmm. uh, to like a whole different world. And then I have to kind of like, like I have to like make that negotiation again mm -hmm. uh, to determine who I am. Uh, and so, yeah, like that, that probably always will be <laughs> the thing that I write about uh, till the day I die and I'm fine with it. But it, it's still kind of like a, a bafflement, you know, and um, to, to answer your question, I think just like remembering that like allows me to be able to be like, okay, uh, what is it? What is the new thing about it um, today when I'm writing? Uh, and it, it's funny because like it's it's endless. I I, I find out new things every day. So yeah, but that fracture is mine. <laughs> so I I have to do something with it. You are so right. You think you've like exhausted a, a topic, and then one day you're like, hmm, I don't think I've looked at it from this perspective. And it's like you're, mm -hmm. you're diving right back into it. So yeah, for yeah. sure. No, I really do love it. I love not only this, this ideas of fracture, but you put so much pauses, right, in your poetry, whether it be formatted, because um, I was looking at like your words on actual paper and how you space them out. And I love that it. it takes, it makes you actually like eat the word, right, digest the word and see what you're going through. Even in your last poem, like just the, the fractureness and the pauses. And I was just like, my blood. I wanted to throw a shoe at you, sir, that last poem. <laughs> Thank you. You know, but it, 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 again, it speaks to like my experience, right? Mm -hmm. um, this, like none of this is just for like, oh, let's put a space, <laughs> you know, like, it's like talking to my, while I was here, right? My mom was in Nigeria with my siblings, right? So we were, we were apart for like seven, eight years, right? I did not see my mother for seven, eight years, right? Mm -hmm. And when we would talk on the phone, right? If you know anything about calling people internationally, the connection is really, really bad, yeah. right? And so what I'm doing is mimicking that, like, cause literally, you know, what is in the poem is a conversation we had, right? And so it, it, it's not gonna be straightforward because I'm hearing, <laughs> and then you miss parts, you know, and like it has to be like that, I can't. I can't write a poem <laughs> that that's not about my experience. You know what I mean? Like about my experience. Uh, so yeah. Let's dive into that writing a little bit more, because like I let's 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 talk about kindred. Oh here. God, yeah. <laughs> let's oh, talk about God. dense. Okay. Oh Lord. And you you write a lot about that that experience of immigrating and you know like uh, bringing your family over, but like this book, this book is like part memoir. It's it's part diary entries. It's 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 poetry. It's prose. It's also a writing workshop. People, okay? Oh, you wrote in it. Yeah, I wrote in it. It's brilliant. I like uh, you. You you introduce a topic with your work, and then you provide space for people to kind of like take a moment to reflect on what you've just introduced. Like this is a college textbook. Where did the idea for this book come from? And like, how is that process of putting it together? Because it is brilliant. Well, thank you. Uh, but it was also a headache. 
I can match. <laughs> it was a headache. Um, yeah, Lois makes fun of me all the time. She she says, you don't write. You just don't know how to write small books. <laughs> no. 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 But that's okay, though, because I think you need to have those dense books. Even my chapbook is like <laughs> two pages. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then let me do it. I, thank you, New Delta Review. Uh, <laughs> follow like a note because I was like, yeah, can I just add one more poem, please? It's really, really important. And they were like, oh, oh well, okay, maybe. <laughs> but the process of like putting it together, the inspiration for it, uh, especially the prompts, like I, I felt like. You know, this goes back to like the whole apostrophe thing we were talking about mm -hmm. earlier. I felt like I really wanted to have a conversation with people. Mm -hmm. um, and I, like I knew there was a part of me that knew that all like all the things that I was kind of talking about in the book, that I, I wasn't alone, right? That it was not just me experiencing those things, that other people were experiencing the same thing. But there is really no way to like know that for sure. <laughs> so I was like, maybe uh, if I give people opportunity to actually like have a conversation, even if I never see that, right? Mm -hmm. But I know that somewhere in the world, people are like sitting down to kind of respond literally to like something that they've just read. Because um, mm -hmm. I, I, you can't like you read it, right? And then you turn. And then it's asking you to respond. So you have two choices. You can either respond or like not, right? But mm -hmm. it's there. The opportunity is there. Uh, and a lot of like what that book is about, you know, the idea of like kinship and then dread yes. was, you know, I, I was trying to like write about just like my family, uh, but also I was trying to write about like some of the things that I was like afraid of. And then ultimately, like I realized then that these are not separate things. Like ultimately the things that I'm like afraid of have in some way to do with like, you know, um, my family or like, you know, where I come from and all that kind of stuff. And basically it was an attempt to kind of like bring all of these things together. Mm -hmm. um, ultimately that's kind of like what resulted in like Kindred, uh, yeah. Mm. Genius, genius. I'm, I'm like over here, just like mind blown. I am geeking out so. Much. <laughs> people want to know. Uh, uh, there's, there's a couple of people that are like, I need this book in my life. Yeah. Is, it, is it still available? Is it on your website? Can people still get it? It, it is. Uh, actually, like, uh, as of like December, I, I was gonna like take it off. Uh, partly because like I, I'm like the one responsible for shipping it and I don't want to do that anymore. Uh, so if you, it's still, it's still there. Uh, so if you want to tonight, do. Uh, probably by the end of January, like it, it just, it would not be available anymore. So, uh, so if you want it, you can go to my website uh, and it, it, it would still be there. Oh, and I think it's on Amazon too. Um, mm -hmm. I know you said they see it on Amazon. So yeah, if you want to go through Amazon, that's great. But if you also want to give me money directly, that would also be yeah. nice. Yeah, because I'm just putting this out there as someone who also has books on Amazon. Don't buy, don't buy our books on Amazon. They only give us like two dollars. So. If you want to give me the money, like you yeah, go <laughs> direct to the writer always. <laughs> I also want to just talk about like the book in itself has. I feel like you had so much freedom to put so much of yourself, right? And then um, I know that you are doing an MFA program, and I know that sometimes MFAs can be very limited and strict and so precise of how they want you to produce work. Mm. So I just want to see, like, how are you doing? Are you okay? Because I'm there with you. It was, it was a hard <laughs> Yeah. I'm how doing okay. Uh, my program, and I'm not saying this, uh, like, if my program was, like, uh, crap and shit i would i would say it uh <laughs> yeah. here but like thank god my program has been like really really wonderful uh and you know as far as like producing work the only the only probably the only difficult thing is like what the well in addition to like everything else that's happening like in addition to like every other responsibility that i have like you know if i'm in workshop you have to 
produce work like you know every time you're due for workshop and so you know um but that's already something i do like i mm -hmm. i write like every day uh clearly uh <laughs> that doesn't mean that everything i write every day is like good uh that doesn't mean everything i write every day is a poem but like if it's it just a line or like i'm reading and like something pops up and i just like type it up or whatever but like i, I i'm kind of constantly in that in that process of like creating something uh consistently and so the demand of the MFA as far as like producing work, like isn't mm -hmm. necessarily, um, yeah, isn't ne doesn't necessarily affect me. Now, like mm -hmm. the part that's like tricky is because you know it, you could produce work, do workshop, people give you feedback. Uh, I might not actually, I might not get to editing because I, I love editing. Uh, you know, I might not get to editing until like much, 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 much later. But it's like the work is already kind of like done and you can always you can always go back and revise. Matter of fact, I'm editing <laughs> the poems because I, I have to turn in my thesis um, this semester. And so I'm editing the poems from, from spring of 2020. I'm just now getting to editing them. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I I am like so curious because I know when a lot of my professors um, they were like, okay, when you have your thesis, you have to have an elevator speech, right? If you can just do it in like a couple of seconds to describe your thesis, do it in an elevator speech. So, can you do? Can you talk about your thesis a little bit in like that short amount of time? Oh, I I, I can. Uh, well, the it, it's about. <laughs> it's about autobio like it's 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 basically trying to tell autobiographical stories without telling autobiographical stories. Okay. Interesting. I wonder what that looks like. Leave <laughs> our audience to go ahead and um look for it, right? Look for your thesis once it's been published. But congratulations yeah. on that. I know that's thank, a lot of work. thank you. I can't wait to turn so it let on. me let me add. Well, before I ask you my question, we have a question in, in the comments from the audience. Uh, when you write, do you yeah. prefer typing or writing by hand? It's a good this or that question. Mm -hmm. Typing or writing? Yeah. By hand. It's both. It's not. Yeah, it's not either. It's both. Uh, I type on my I type on my phone uh, in my notes app, mm -hmm. um, and uh, actually, like the notes app thing is like a recent thing. Um, mm -hmm. Or like 20, 2019, when I like first got an iPhone. Uh, but before that, it used to be um, Gmail draft. <laughs> <laughs> I would go to my email and type out the thing and just like leave it as a draft. Wow, that's ingenuity right there. <laughs> I don't think I've heard anybody else like talk about this, but that, that used to be my thing. And then, you know, I would write uh, by hand in my, uh, in my note pad. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Uh, well then let me ask you, going back to this, this uh, the question of like education and your history and your background. So you got your undergrad in psychology. Yes, yes. Um, and, and then now you're in this MFA program for poetry. Uh, mm -hmm. When or how did that change happen? That switch happen, or did it happen? Did you know when you were like getting your psychology? You're like, yeah, but ultimately, I'm gonna go do poetry in my life. Like, how how was that navigating that? Yeah, so I got my bachelor's in psychology um, from uh, U of H. Go Cougs! Uh, <laughs> they love you over there, by the way. <laughs> I love, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then I got a, a master's degree, especially actually a specialist degree, which is like uh, like sixty hours. Like a regular master's is like forty two, so like a specialist mm -hmm. degree, which is like sixty hours plus internship uh, in school psychology mm -hmm. uh, from Sam Houston State University. Uh, it'm up cats. Uh, <laughs> I actually don't have school spirit. <laughs> <laughs> It's like funny to me that I'm like doing this, uh, but anyways, <laughs> uh, uh, 
and so and then I practiced for like a few uh, a few years um, mm -hmm. doing school psychology. While I was doing this, while I was working full time, I was also going on tour. <laughs> Uh, I would literally drive to like, I don't know, Laredo, right? Uh, do a show, leave at like 3 a.m., right? Uh, I have to like get back to work at like 7.30, right? Uh, and I was doing that. Uh, and, you know, I thought it was going to be kind of like that for, you know, for as much as I could. Mm -hmm. But then I experienced like burnout from, uh, from, my, from my work. Mm. And then um, I kind of, I kind of had to like reconfigure. Like, is this something that I want to do ultimately? Mm. And it turned out, you know, not really. Uh, poetry, you know, is, writing just in general is always going to be there for me. Uh, it's always kind of been uh, like I would do it <laughs> regardless. <laughs> and so it was just a matter of like, okay, is there an opportunity for? For me to kind of do this like like more uh, mm. than I was doing before, and it was like okay, maybe the MFA route would kind of like afford me that, and you know it asked you know um, all I like all I'm really responsible for is poems. <laughs> my work. <laughs> That's my work. <laughs> I love it. That's great. That's great. <laughs> all right. Should we, are we ready for one more poem? Well, I have one, I have one more question, oh, if that's okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like you said, like poetry is, is your work now. That's basically all you do, you know, mm -hmm. uh, which, which bless you and, and we are blessed for it. Uh, but you've seen a lot of um, publishing success. Mm. You know, uh, your, your chapbook uh, won the New Delta, poetry chapbook contest last year. You just got public two poems published most recently that you posted about. Uh, you're someone that I see like you're, you're doing the damn thing and doing it really well. Uh, what, what advice would you have for writers that are currently looking for homes for their work, whether it be individual pieces or, or entire collections? Yeah, this is, this is probably like, it sounds like a cop out answer, but I promise you it's not. Uh, just like read, um, mm. read, actually read the places that you are like interested in. And ultimately, you know, if like you're interested in some place and you think your work might fit, you know, just send them stuff. But ultimately it's like, you know, read other people's stuff. You know, it's not just about, about you, you know, read other people's stuff, share other people's stuff. Uh, actually like care about like other other people's stuff like it's like it's it's not it's not just about you um and and when it does need to be about you right like then you can kind of be able to like kind of uh assess okay something that i loved from this person you know got published here and it kind of like is similar to my work so maybe they will publish my work, right? Uh, all of it is like a maybe. <laughs> uh, and then you stand there and they're like, no. And you're like, mm -hmm. and then you cry. And then you're like, okay, all right. Uh, and then you kind of repeat that whole cycle uh, until somebody's like, we would love to publish this. And then you're like, yay, thank you. <laughs> I love that, you know, and for the longest, I, I love that advice too, because for the longest time, like I was a very avid supporter of poetry. So like any feature that would come through, I would buy their book and it just sat there forever. And then like, now I've finally gotten around to being like, I need to read all these poetry books that I have. And it is the the world of poetry that's out there. You are so right. Like read, so, read, read. And yeah, it makes you, like, you know, how, oh, how do I put together a book? How do I put together a chapter? How do I put, it's like, well, have you bought books? Amanda just did. No, know. Like if you buy a book, you see that, oh, the way this book was formatted is different from the way this book was formatted. Like now you start kind of getting ideas, right? But if you mm -hmm. never read, the books like how are you gonna know <laughs> and you experiment with so many different styles in your book too so i really appreciate that as well just even visually too so it's just an added layer to your poetry yeah i like visual stuff 
Oh, well, this this has been such a great conversation, Io. I feel I feel so. I feel like I have a lot of work to do. That's what I feel. You and me both. <laughs> well, if you could please just close this out with one more poem, we would be greatly appreciative. Well, thank you both. Uh, thank you, Chibi, and thank you, Raquel. Uh, yeah, this has been like really, really wonderful. Um, I'll end. Uh, <laughs> I'll end with uh, with a poem <clears throat> that's kind of like in the spirit of what we've been talking about about countries, um, and it takes its title from one of my status like recently, uh, one of my Facebook status. And uh, I think the other thing you should know is like it's a duplex. Uh, it's a form that was a. Uh, created by Jericho Brown. The US is such a joke, hell oh hell, I can't believe I agreed to be a citizen of this dump. I never forgive my pop for bringing me here. It is cliche to hate America, I know. So I don't. It's so cliche to love America, so no. I don't, I love no country. I cannot love a country that would easily strip one's honor of its you. Your honor, I can't be stripped of you. My bones, they claim no country. So may no country claim my bones when finally I become no one's son. Eventually, when I become the earth's, I want to be a citizen of dust and air. I am a citizen of nowhere. I'll forever thank my dad for bringing me here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ayo Kunle Falomo, everybody. That was, please give it up in the comment section and all the love. Um, again, if anybody is interested in uh, purchasing some of Ayo's work, it is on his website, afalomo.com. Uh, you can also follow him. I know some people are like, Ayo, when are you doing a workshop? I need to take Ayo's workshop. So <laughs> follow on Twitter and IG uh, at A Falomo on Twitter, Mr. A Falomo on IG. Or if you just want to send the man some money for being awesome, mm -hmm. you can tip the poet via Venmo. Oh, <laughs> yo quiero, yo quiero dinero. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I don't know what my mom means by wash hands, but yes. <laughs> I love your mom, too. She loves you, Io. We mentioned this before uh, we went live, but like uh, my mom has only seen two shows in in the now 37 that we've done. Uh, and and you are one of the two, so uh, that makes me happy. She has priorities. Or she, I think she plays favorites. That's what it is. <laughs> she, she definitely does, and sometimes it's not me. <laughs> uh, well, thank you again for coming on, Io. It was, it was an absolute blessing having you on. I look forward to seeing more of your work and reading your thesis. Well, <laughs> yes, if if it comes out. <laughs> uh, I'm on like it has to be published somewhere. Wherever it's you can actually like, seal it. It's called the blue something. You could just like seal it so that nobody sees it. It Ooh. might be one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that to us. <laughs> well, this was this was really wonderful. Thank you so no, much. Thank you so much. It was an honor and pleasure to speak with you. And it really really brought me joy. I think this is like the highlight of my day. Even oh, better than I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> it was a pleasure meeting you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if I had... How can we sum up that conversation, Raquel? We really can't. I really, I know. I'm just like, it's. I'm feeling it on all his words in my body. I think that's why I can't stay still because it's just, it has energized me. I feel it's, his words were so powerful that I just want to go and 
um, I don't, I don't have a word. Really, I don't have a, I, I, I like joy. I like joy, but I, I, I also, I think I like uh, um, uh, authenticity. I think yeah. we got a lot of that today. So. Genius, an absolute genius, brilliant, yeah, Stimulating. interesting in the best way possible. I'm interesting. <laughs> That's the word. Interesting <laughs> in the best Great. way possible. Well, thank you to everybody that was watching today. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We're here every Thursday. Um, but thank you to the audience. You all were amazing in being part of this conversation and all the great questions and comments that you had. And also thank you to our production assistant, Dominique, for taking care of all the things behind the scenes and uh, for Chris Condé for producing our theme music. Yeah, and make sure to follow us. If you're not following us, look at this. There's a banner right here below our beautiful faces, right? It says Words and Shit Live. Um, you can follow us on Instagram or on Twitter at Words and Shit, right? Um, and please subscribe, rate, and review whatever you want to do. Uh, for our podcast on YouTube, you can definitely find us on YouTube. So if you feel like Facebook Live was in your jam, we're also on YouTube. This is live on YouTube as well. Please, please, please. Look at us, follow us, and enjoy. Just keep playing this on repeat, you know? It's, I think also, I it's also a great way to catch up on past episodes if you missed any. So you can go watch them on YouTube on Words and Shit is the channel. Once we get 100 mm -hmm. subscribers, we can actually customize that. Um, or anywhere you get your podcast. Like I said, we have 37 episodes. So you can go listen to past episodes, or you can tune in next week. Who do we have next week, Raquel? Oh, I am so excited for next week. It is a fellow Susia, the original OG Susia, um, is Natasha Hernandez, which is next Thursday, January 21st. Um, great friend, brilliant um, zine producer and writer. Um, so excited. So don't miss out on that, okay? All right. Until next week, then. Uh, thank you for joining us. Y'all stay safe yeah, out there. Stay safe. Bye. See you next week. <laughs>